sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here, hour number two. And Kev, you know, in this segment, we've been looking, we've been following Champions League. We've been following the MLS all year long. And, you know, yesterday and today was what they call the final match day of Champions League, right? Before they go into the knockout stage, you need to be top two in your group to qualify and be the final 16, I do believe. And um, we'll get into some of the key matchups in the standings and all that stuff. But Kev, there was a very, very intense moment in the PSG game yesterday having nothing to do with soccer. And I have to couch this. You know what's happening with unrest across the globe. And, And soccer has a racism issue that they need to deal with. Soccer has a racism issue that they need to deal with, especially in Europe. They literally throw bananas at African players. You know what I mean? And yesterday in the PSG match with um, the, I believe, the Istanbul team, what happened, Kev, I don't know if you saw this, but the fourth official kind of wanted to give a penalty uh, to a coach for the Istanbul team, right? And they didn't know who it was. The other official's running over. And apparently the audio is out there. He's like, oh, the Negro, the black guy, whatever. And the coach takes offense to it and is like, why do you have to say it's the black guy? If it was a white guy, you wouldn't be like, oh, the white guy over there. This escalated quickly. They didn't really know how to handle it. And both teams agreed, Kev. To take their ball and go home and say, forget this. We ain't playing until that guy is nowhere to be found. They were going to trade him out, Kev, with the VAR official, right? And PSG was like, all right, whatever. But the other team was like, nope, we ain't doing this until he is gone. And so this game is like suspended. They're going to make it up. Very interesting situation that needs to be discussed before we talk anything about the standings of the group stage. Mm -hmm. For me, what stood out was more what transpired after, right? The mm. the is the fact that they all came together and walked off. I yeah. feel like it was a reminder of what we went through a little bit more during the summer, where we spoke a lot more about player empowerment, their voices, yeah. and making a change in a meaningful way. And whether it was the NBA players and the things that they agreed upon going into the bubble or the NBA players in somewhat different situations, but putting a pause to play to address a new or not a new issue, but to the same issue that was reoccurring, right? And seeing their strength and numbers and, and in their ability to stop things if they don't like the way things are going. And it's been a long time, Dan, I feel like, since anything like that has happened. Now, maybe there's been nothing that is called for such action. But in a moment where it seemingly was called upon, those players, those coaches, they all came together. And they stood together. And they took a stance. And they made a stance. And it will be eye-opening for some. And it will force them. And that's always been it. It forces 
conversations, sometimes uncomfortable for others, to make sure they understand the severity and the fact that these things are still, unfortunately, happening to this very day. Yeah, absolutely. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe, thanks for getting down with the early line, getting the edge on the grid. We're here on a Wednesday morning, Dane and Kevin talking about Champions League. And, you know, Kev, you mentioned it, right? And remember, in MLS, the players were taking a knee. They took a knee for eight minutes and 46 seconds at the beginning. You mentioned the names on the jerseys. You mentioned what they decided to do uh, and pause for a day or two, right? And here in Europe, I mean, honestly, Kev, it doesn't get much bigger bigger than Champions League. It doesn't get much bigger than Paris Saint-Germain. You know what I mean? So to, again, like you say, to leverage the platform that the players have and both teams deciding to walk out in solidarity. Um, and, you know, you can hear the audio. The coach there is literally like, why do you have to say it me? If it's a white guy, you wouldn't. And, you know, there's so much context. And also in Champions League, listen, you got people from Eastern Europe, from Spain, from Germany, and those cultures may view all this a little bit different but it definitely was a story a story that will continue to play out across Europe and across Champions League in the coming days but let's look at some of the matchups that in today's slate are really going to define who moves on to the group state I mean who moves on to knockout and who doesn't but go ahead if you got something else here I just want to say something with this group though that I've I've yeah this just shows you how much soccer is different and people don't mind projecting scores comfortably Manchester United had a disaster performance yesterday against RB Leipzig. Yeah. This team, if you remember, when we yeah. broke down this group, took their first yeah. two games off PSG and off Leipzig. Leipzig 5-0. All they needed was a draw and a win with a secure top of the table. They went down 3-0. Ended up losing the game 3-2. And all the articles today are about how Manchester United has been eliminated from the Champions League. They've not technically been eliminated from the Champions League. PSG and Istanbul are going to play today. Now, PSG is outrageously favored in this matchup, and them losing would be the stunner of all stunners. Right. But also, this game has certainly now been moved off tilt and is created maybe with a bit more variance. I just thought it was so, I want to say jarring, because we all agree that we know what this end result is going to be, but everybody very comfortably, Dane, was like, ah, United eliminated. The game still is going to be played. That's fair. That's fair. PSG has already qualified, but they could get to the top of the group, right? So there's still maybe something in it for them. I wouldn't touch this game from a betting market because who knows what it's going to look like with these two teams getting together. We'll look at some other matchups when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line. We discussed the incident that took place in the PSG game yesterday. They are, it seems like, going to complete that game sometime today with the rest of the games that we need in the other groups to kind of solidify who's making it to, you know, the round of 16. And also, Kev, you know, like, there's money on the line for these clubs. A lot of these clubs have been, you know, um, impacted by COVID Mm -hmm. this year and getting to this threshold in Champions. 
Champions League means, you know, millions of euros for certain clubs. So let's see who's going to get there. In groups A, B, C, and D, they finish today. I draw your attention first to group A. In the standings in group A, you see the two middle squads right there are Salzburg and Atletico. Well, they face off against each other today, second and third place in the group. As you can see, Atletico is like there already, so a win or a draw would get them to advance. Salzburg as plus 220 dogs would qualify by hopping Atletico if they got a win. This is the beauty of match day six, Kevin. Yeah, what I love about Atletico Madrid is, I mean, these are your boys. Uh, they've had three draws. Well, my real boys are coming stage. later, but yeah, ooh, I well, do like a draw. I do like a draw. Be, and yeah, yeah. a draw is all they need here, Kev. You know, yes. we always have to look into the mentality of these teams, right? Especially 100%. in a six-match day, right? Atletico 100%. has to not lose. And Atletico yep. is a defensive, or at least historically in La Liga, is one of those mm -hmm. tight defensive squads anyway, right? They may be comfortable to play their defensive ways, their traps, their shifts, and just be like, go try and crack us if you can. The style of yeah. play, because of where the formula is, I think Absolutely. you're right. That's a great point, especially in match day six. Yeah, you, you have to know what teams are going for. We always talk about in sports, it can be difficult to handicap motivation, right? There are times when you will say, oh, this team cares more about this game than the other, and people are like, ah, everybody cares about every game. First of all, I don't think that's true, regardless. But that's <laughs> really not true here when it comes to Champions League. At the end of the day, if you need all... The other day, Bayern benched Lewandowski and Neuer because they yeah. already clinched top of the table against Atletico. Playing Madrid. a long game. And they, and they mm -hmm. still actually pulled out a draw because, of course, they did. So <laughs> that is the that is one of the most important things. I also would just be remiss if I did not bring this up while we're just talking about draw-heavy teams because I didn't notice this, Dane, until recently. But Lazio is one of four teams that went unbeaten in the group stage yet only yeah. had 10 points and finished second because they notched four draws in the group stage, which is just outrageous. I am mad played at that. six games. Well, I'm, I am mad at that. So they went 2-0-4? I'll take it. Yes. I'll take it. You know, you're going to have to beat the them draw. at some point. Every time. Yeah. I mean, you are Roll it over, wealthy. baby. Well, Roll first. it over. Absolutely. Another group that we need to keep our eye on today is in group D. Let's see the standings in group D. And right there, we have another matchup, Kev, of the second and third place teams in the group. Two teams I know we like to talk about. We've got Ajax facing Atalanta. Okay, so it sounds to me like goals will be scored in this one, but we got the same kind of thing. Atalanta needs to win or draw, I believe. Just not lose. Ajax needs to get the win, get the full three points, and then they can get into the group of 16. My question for you, just from what I know about these teams, specifically Atalanta, uh, over, potentially, in this one? See, you like goals, Kev? We're, 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 we're thinking the same thing, but, Dane, but he needs the draw, right? I see. So, I see. They're, they're, and they can't catch Liverpool, regardless of Liverpool's result. That's what right. makes that such a tricky handicap, because Atalanta's style, right, is goals galore. But yep. do you want to get caught out the back and provide Ajax an opportunity to pull one early? And then they're going to want to sit on the lead. So, even if 
The only way you would be, you mm-hmm. might try and play the under in this game. As crazy as that sounds, as much Nacho. as we know what Atalanta prefers. <laughs> no? I mean, it. Uh, might, nah, you got a better chance of me going for the draw than betting an under on an Atalanta well, game. But let's move to the biggest group where anything can still happen, Kev, in Group yeah. B. Check out the standings in Group B, okay? And remember, you get three points for a win. So Gladbach is at the top right now with eight. We got, you know, Shakhtar and Madrid with seven. And then even Inter with five. If they win, they could get to eight, which is important here. So we have Inter Milan against Shakhtar. Remember, Shakhtar took the full six points off of Real Madrid in big-time upsets in this group. So we've got Inter versus Milan. And then we've got... Real Madrid as well, who I think has kind of been the surprise of this stage, like not being able to punch their ticket as of yet. And they face the team that currently is at the top of the group. You know I love them out of Bundesliga. It's Borussia Mönchengladbach. What do you think in Group B? There's going to be a lot of action here. This is also why, Kev, they do that, you know, simultaneous starts here, right? Because of a group like this. Yeah, I will say... Machen Gladbach has one of the most preposterous stat lines here you will see for a team. Two wins, two draws, and a loss. And a plus yeah. nine goal differential. Like, Bayern is plus... I think one of them was 11. 5 nothing. They won. Dane, they've only won two games. They won those two games. 4-0 and 6-0, both against Shakhtar. How they have a plus nine GD with two wins and a loss is so outrageous, and that's big for them because if you look at Inter, who's going to play Shakhtar and their monstrous favorites in that matchup, Inter would need to win the game by like 10 goals, right, in order to try and have a shot to catch Mönchengladbach on goal differential. So Right, but if Inter wins... Right, and then Gladbach just beats Real. Right, then Inter does get into second place at eight yes. points standalone. Right, because the two teams then with yeah. seven points would earn no more today. Right, but the thing for for Inter is if they win, right, and yeah. Madrid does beat Borussia Mönchengladbach, they're unlikely to crack to because they would Gladbach need Madrid to obliterate. Borussia, right. and they then themselves would need to roll Shakhtar, but maybe play the over because Inter won't stop scoring. That's the true. The end goal for this team is not just enough. to win, it is to score a bazillion goals. Interesting. And then if we go to also look at those that group uh, B standings again, there's the other thing is Inter could win, right? But yeah. then, Kev, if Real and Gladbach tie that gets real madrid to eight points inter would get to eight points with a win we already know on its face if real tied their goal differential would not Mm -hmm. change you know that's that's the math major in it all right kev so where is that where is that the inter goal differential vis-a-vis the real goal Mm -hmm. differential uh, would they do they have it already would they need to keep the pedal to the metal to eclipse the goal differential of Real Madrid if Madrid and Borussia Mönchengladbach tie? I know that's a convoluted way, but I think you have a complex mind. You were able to stick with me. What is the goal differential there? 
No, 100. It's it's a great point. So Inter is at minus two, and Madrid is at a flat zero. So obviously the draw stays ah. at zero. So for Inter, so they need to win by they're three. Going, they were going to need well, or it'll depend on tiebreakers. They could win by two. Fine. But if they both get to, to the two, then it's at the next least one, right? two. Right now, it's the it can be head to head. It could also be goals for Madrid has scored two more goals than Inter, but there's no guarantee that Madrid would draw. And that wouldn't increase as well. So for Inter, the easiest way, again, win by three, Madrid only gets the draw, you would be able to come second in this group. And I think, Dane, that's why, if you if we could just quickly pull up the, the spread uh, for that game again, Inter is a minus 360 favorite on a triple money line. That is monstrous, especially when you consider Shakhtar is ahead of them in the group. I think they are factoring in the fact that Inter is going to have to go so pedal to the metal. No, I think that is fair. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to the NFL. But I do have one last thing on that PSG game. Let's see if you agree with another bet we can make on that one after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The 2020 year for Jordan Spieth was another unsuccessful campaign. We are now three and a half years removed from his last victory, the 2017 Open Championship, and it feels like even longer than that because Spieth is not even really competing on a regular basis on the PGA Tour anymore. A tie for ninth at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am early in the calendar year ends up being his best finish of the year. Misses the cut at the U.S. Open, doesn't really even make any noise at the Masters. And here we are wondering what Jordan Spieth actually is. And there is, I'm sure, going to be plenty of rumors of him either finding a new swing coach, him either finding a new caddy, or maybe both. You know, Jordan Spieth might be at the point of a hard reset set and I actually think it's a reset that he needs and a reset that he should take entering into the 2021 season Uh, even that magic putter the special short game has left him in long stretches over the course of the 2020 calendar year and the question marks grow larger almost every single shot that Jordan Spieth hits because we have no idea where the ball is going and seemingly he doesn't have much idea where the ball is going. I will say this, the game of golf is much better when Jordan Spieth is contending. Now imagine throwing his name into the mix of Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, all of these greats. If we could insert a competitive Jordan Spieth back into that landscape, the game would be even better than it is right now. But for Jordan, a lot needs to change in 2021 for us to even start mentioning him in the same breath as some of these other top-tier players. So uh, lots of question marks in, in 2021 for Jordan Spieth. We'll see if he has the answers. Get on the grid. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates as well. As you also hear about Jordan Spieth for the upcoming golf event, we don't have Cam in on Wednesdays looking at golf because, you know, we uh, had the Masters. We'll wait until, you know, kind of the West Coast swing gets going in January, the kind of more true start of the next season. But, Kev, I've got an idea. All this stuff about motivation and if teams have already qualified and what's in it for them, we've realized that PSG has already qualified qualified because of some kind of goal differential up against you know man you what have you what's in it for them you ask they still just need to win in order mm -hmm. to potentially win the group you know and be one of those seeded teams but i have something for you kev i look at all of these markets and you know they've got the they've got goal differential right there's spreads in soccer games mm. and psg is a huge favorite against this bakashiatir team okay mm -hmm. i don't believe you know, one of the morals of the story that I saw in yesterday was unity among the two teams. Mm. I don't think PSG, especially now, the next day, right, all they need to do is win to get out, right? I don't think there's any motivation for PSG for this team that they just, you know, in solidarity walked off with. I don't think there's any motivation for them to boat race them. I don't think there's any motivation to embarrass them. I think they're going to do whatever they need to do, get a win, and hop out. And Kev, the spread on this is two full goals in this game. Two hmm. full goals. I'm going to take this Istanbul squad plus two goals, Kev, and I can get that at plus money. I can get that at plus 195. Our friends and partners at FanDuel do the three-way spread with no push, right? PSG mm -hmm. minus two goals is minus 105. The Istanbul team plus two goals is plus 195, Kev. If PSG wins this game, one nothing. I win my bet. If there's a draw, mm -hmm. I win my bet. Even if PSG does, you know, win by two, a 3-1 final. It's just, you know, I don't lose my bet. What do you think about that, given what happened yesterday, given the standings, and given the motivation? Two goals is a lot. You know, it, it is. It's so tough because I think when you bring in an emotional handicap like that, right, It it is tough. But I think it would you would be remiss to not mention the circumstances yeah. from yesterday's games. Here's the other thing. The last time they played Dane, do nothing PSG. Wasn't a round. Wasn't a round burial blowout. Nothing like that. So I think you very well could get the push. I wonder what the price on plus three goals would be if it's plus right. 196 on plus two. Because I think getting that third goal sure. would give me a lot of security. And it doesn't Around feel like money, it would maybe, be... Yeah. It doesn't feel like it would be an outrageous price. If it's plus 196 for two, maybe I'm yeah. laying minus 130 for three. Which... No, I think that's fair as well. Yeah, I think, I think that's reasonable. fair. But remember, PSG may not have to go crazy here, right? And mm -hmm. at the moment when PSG goes up one nothing, right? Yeah. Could that could we all just be like, let's just call it a day, you know, and you know, and just kick it around for another, you know, 35 yeah. minutes or whatever the case may be. I'm intrigued by that. We'll see if tomorrow PSG did get through, but by a goal. We'll keep our eye on that. Bruce Mach and Gladbach and all the games in the UEFA Champions League as we move to the round of 16. You know, we just put week 13 to bed in the NFL, Kev. We got to turn our attention to week 14. Here on the early line, one of the things we do, Kev, is try to 
leverage the early line be early with it because you know point spreads and totals move throughout the week we like to look at the places where the hook may appear or may disappear we call it watch for the hook and kev there was a ton of games that fit this category coming up in week 15 so first i just want to show you here are the games that are right around the key number of three for week 14. If you see, the Arizona Cardinals will be road favorites going to the Giants right there at three. Might that get to two and a half or three and a half? Same thing with Dallas and Cincinnati. Does the Dallas number move after their performance last night? Denver and Carolina, we don't know what the Panthers' COVID situation is going to be like. That may move. We've talked about this Colts-Raiders game. We've been talking about it when we looked at the AFC wildcard schedules. This is a big one. And then also, you know, Atlanta, LA. Which of these games, if any, Kev, do you want at the number you see on the screen before it moves? Where's the game where you like the number now because you're watching out for the hook? Man, that's a great question. I feel like I would rather answer answer it and I'm waiting for some some hook to drop in order okay. to get what Fine. I really want. Because the, mar the marquee matchup on that board is Colts Raiders, right? To playoff mm. teams, maybe a pseudo eliminator, not really, because they're yeah. both they both have great records. But it, it's going to make a difference, certainly in the schedule. The Colts right now are laying two and a half, as our graphic shows. But as we always talk about, the juice can give us an idea of where this line might be going. It is minus one twenty on that two and a half. A lot of Colts love going to Vegas, where I think they've been solid. This season, I think that the Colts last week were bailed out by that Watson fumble. I know the Raiders, the Raiders weren't bailed, bailed out last I, week? Come on. I, I know the Raiders <laughs> were bailed out by Greg Williams, but the difference is the Raiders, Dane, have always been garbage going to an East Coast 1 o'clock start time. Always. I mean, you and I have been fading them in that spot true. all year long. So, and that's what I always talk about. When you see that, oh, this might go left, and it goes left, you're like, listen, we're all good. That's what I thought was going to happen. So I think the Raiders catching a full three points at home as a 7-5 and five football team feels like a really nice number. It'll be interesting to see if it gets there. Yeah, that's fair. I'm looking at this Cardinals-Giants game, Kev, at three mm. right now, and I, I, I feel... Like the perception and narrative around Arizona has the arrow pointing down. I feel like the perception and narrative around the New York football giants has the arrow pointing up. I have heard from guys like our friend Dr. Chow and others that Danny Dimes may be able to make it happen for week 14 in this one. Kev, at three... For a home dog of the Giants, this is a situation where I want to get it now because if anything, I think I might lose the half point. I can see this going to two and a half well before I see it going to three and a half. I don't know where the juice is right now. Does that make sense to you? If I'm the, wanting the Giants, I think I might do it now because I'm worried that People could realize Danny Dimes is back or, oh, this team is doing it for Joe Judge. I can see this dropping away from mm -hmm. three. If I want a full field goal with the home dog, I think I got to get it now. I, I agree. What's really interesting about this spread is I feel like this spread is not factoring in last week's results in either direction. I've got to do it now. <laughs> I No, I, and I agree with you. I agree. If you want three, you got to do it now. 
Do you also agree that this number just feels like what it would have been had the Giants lost that football game and the Cardinals were maybe a bit more competitive? Yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you something that I heard on the morning after, whether it was Yanni the Greek or Krakenberger, he said something that I thought was amazingly interesting. Remember, numbers move as the money comes in, right? He said this about the Thanksgiving week, I guess, when there was all the drama on the Thursday games, right? Uh, The guest literally said, maybe the public just hasn't turned their attention to the Sunday games yet, right? And then the money comes in. The public, Kev, was still on week 13, right? Maybe the public doesn't really look to these week 14 lines yet, right? And now your betters are going to start turning their attention to week 14, start to invest their money, and the market will start to move. I wonder if this is what we're talking about, the early line, Kev, right? I wonder, especially with the uncommon Thursday night, I mean, Tuesday night football game, if only now. Is the market ever going to move? Because to your point, I do think this is what we would have seen without last week's result. Inherently, the reason we do this segment. Yeah, it just, it's odd. It makes me wonder about home field advantage. Uh There's something up with that line. All right, check it out. When we come back, we'll look at the games that are right around the hook at the key number of seven. And we'll catch you up on the NBA news as well when we come back in the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. You know, it is a Wednesday, and Kev, at this point, we're usually looking at week 14, have already discussed week 14, have already talked about some of the injuries, right? But we haven't done that because of two games on Monday, the game last night, and that is a working theory of maybe the the vast public hasn't turned their attention yet to the slate for week 14. So we got an opportunity to find the hook and where we want to get it. We looked at some of the games that are right around the key number of three. Kev, there are five games in the slate that are right around the key number of seven, and we put them on the screen right now for week 14. Green Bay, Detroit at seven and a half. Chiefs, Dolphins, seven and a half. Bucks, Vikings at six and a half. By the way, Kev, Bucks, Vikings, huge game for the NFC wildcard race. It is currently the six seed and seven seed playing each other, right? Tennessee, Jacksonville, seven and a half. Uh, home dogs in Jacksonville by just more than a touchdown in that AFC South where we have seen some interesting results. And then Saints-Eagles as well. A full touchdown for the Saints in a game that's going to be Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill. Where do you want the line right now? Where do you expect movement Mm -hmm. as everybody arises for their slumber and starts to realize we in Week 14? So I, I like the Bucks laying six and a half before it gets to seven over the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. I think Tampa Bay off of the bye is going to go out there and be able to hang it on a Minnesota team. That, to me, has been unimpressive yeah, like since the Green Bay game because I wasn't even impressed with them in the game where they beat the Bears. So I think that that team laying six and a hook is valuable. But the Eagles game, not because I'm an Eagles fan, is very interesting because Drew Brees does loom over this game. The pro football doc projects that Drew Brees Mm. might be available for this matchup. 
This line was very briefly at six and a half, and then was touched, then did touch seven. And six and a half was like the look-ahead line, and then got to seven. So the question is, Dane, if Drew Brees were to come back into the fold here, how much yeah. of a point spread move? Who are you? Yeah. Who would you be more inclined to bet? I think it's a good question. Um, I, I, you know, I am going to stay away from Drew Brees in his first game back regardless of when it is, because the man had 11 broken ribs and a punctured lung. And so I want to see it a little bit first. I get what you're talking about, right, in terms of on both sides, right? Maybe the return of Drew Brees, the first full-on, you know, start with tape on Jalen Hurts, right? There's a lot of variables in that one, but I agree with you about this other one. I think the one is Bucks vikings for me. Um, you have made yourself clear on this show that you think the Bucks at the end of the season, because of schedule and certain things, will start to look like they are rounding into form, and you have already mm-hmm. told people, like, that you will not be fully buying it. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so if that's the case, and I believe also that they will round into form. I believe the late buy is great for Tom Brady on a number of reasons because he's old for health, but also he and Mike Evans and ABD and the crew need to work on some chemistry. Right. So I believe that they could look like a good version down the stretch. And if you think so as well, Kev, part of what you would have to not buy into is the Bucks mm-hmm. looking good and beating the Vikings by a touchdown or more? So I would like this at six and a half before it gets to seven because I think that is the way the money will go. I like it at six and a half. I like it less at seven. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Kev? Do you agree? Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And it's a Vic- and it's easy for me, right? Because if they beat the Vikings by 17, I won't lose right. sleep over it. I, I don't believe That's in right. this Vikings team. It fits into your a- narrative. I do have a question for you that is going to take a slightly left. You'll have to forgive me, right. but it is Waiver Wednesday. Oh, and yes. Jalen Hurts is going to get to start against a vaunted Saints defense. I get it. 100% I get it, okay? But the one thing that we know about fantasy football is a running quarterback is as valuable as it comes. I mean, hell, Cam Newton yeah. is valuable. and He doesn't even throw the football, period. Yeah. I mean, Taysom Hill on the other back. side has been valuable, <laughs> right? 100%. Yeah. Now, I know the matchup is going to be difficult, but it might be the first game. There's not going to be a lot of film on him. Certainly, the circumstances would be difficult for you to probably be in the playoffs and need quarterback, right? Correct. But it'll be a question of what could you possibly expect from Hurts? (laughs) But, But also, what if you had Cam Newton going up against the Rams? Is that a conversation for you? It is. It is, right? And you're right. The, the the potential benefits of Jalen Hurts are real, are out there, right? And I think you could do worse, okay? I think he will get some action and production on the ground. He may get a rushing touchdown, right? He has shown that it's not going to be like some embarrassment in terms of completions. This is not going to be Ben DiNucci out there, right? right, in terms of the passing side. So I think what you say is valid. For me, however... This is the first week of the playoffs, and that means you are a playoff team, and that means you have a quarterback or two who have gotten you there, okay? And one of the things that I do fundamentally believe in the playoffs is you start your studs, and you don't get too cute. So I can, while I am saying, Kev, that I do buy that Jalen Hurts can be productive in fantasy, 
Mm-hmm. For me, it's almost like on that Monday morning when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, what would you feel worse about? That you had yeah. your guy, like, I don't know, Baker Mayfield on the bench and he put up an effort like that? Or you went to Jalen Hurts, you know, you left the Jalen Hurts out there on the table. My inkling, my approach is you start your studs. That guy who's been underperforming for you, but for months in all of July and August, you were excited to like use your third round pick on that dude. And he's like slightly underperformed. Start your studs. One name I will say, though, who, like, you may pick up and literally start. I'll give you one guy because of an injury that happened and because of the quarterback he has and the role he's been used. Kev, on the Washington football team, J.D. McKissick can be had right now in over 50% of leagues. Right now. With Antonio Gibson down, with Alex Smith content to dink and dunk, I think McKissick can be started right away this week, and you can go out and get him. That's one name in case you need something at the running back position. But, Kev, let's turn our attention to the NBA. We've got preseason games, I think, literally, like, in two days. Okay, we are less than two weeks away from the start of the regular season in the NBA. So let's catch us up a little bit. One name I want to get an update on, Kev, is James Harden. We know Westbrook has been traded. We know he's uncomfortable with it all. I've heard everything from, you know, he's partying at the baby's birthday or little baby or little Yachty's birthday that he's, you know, coming in and reporting, getting his COVID testing, that he still wants to be traded, that he's open to all sorts of teams, whether it be Philly, whether it be the Bulls. I'm hearing everything about Harden. So I turn to you. What should I be Mm -hmm. thinking about James Harden and his uh, tenure with the Houston Rockets? You should be confused because I think that's where a lot of people are right now. James Harden is doing something that feels almost impossible in today's day and age, especially around the NBA. The NBA is very, as far as their fan base goes, most people are very pro-player. Player empowerment, player movement. I certainly think I fit that description. I think you do for the most part as well, Dane. Harden is losing the crowd, if you will. He is out there flaunting at little baby, little, excuse me, little baby's birthday party and ignoring going to practice, all while leaking his frustrations with the organization and. And this is a new coach. No show. coach and Silas who has to handle this. And the thing about Silas, if you, his comments have been soft but jar. I mean, hey. Silas, what do you think about James Harden's commitment to the Rockets? You'll have to ask him. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, do you expect to see James Harden? We'll see. Oh, oh, all right. Now, Harden finally showed up yesterday. But that's a big point of contention for people. You have to show up to work, right? You have to to actually get to the arena. If you get traded, you get traded, right? And you can put your request in. No problem, right? But if tomorrow, Dane, I requested a move to a different show and then just no-show to this show, I'd be really messing things up on a number of levels. Don't worry, that'll never happen. You're my guy. We're good. But that's an issue that James Harden is now creating on a number of levels. The other big thing, though, is he is now open to the Philly move. So we are now in a situation where Brooklyn and Philly 
should feel like they have the go-ahead to go all in for Harden because he would be willing to stay no matter what. It's just a matter of do these trade packages really exist? I think Philly's a super unique situation. Dan, you're a Yankees fan, so you'll be able to understand. Plus. For years, for years, the Yankees, yeah. they, had the bet, right? they had the best group of young players. They couldn't really enter mm-hmm. trade negotiations. Because for other teams, it'd be, hey, can we get your fourth best prospect? And for the Yankees, right. it's can we, can we have your obvious all-star Glaber Torres? It's like, guys, right. we can't talk trade right. if this is what you're going to ask from us. The Sixers, right. right, enter this conversation, and they're like, so Brooklyn's giving you Karis LeVert and a bunch of picks. You want you want ben all NBA Ben Simmons <laughs> plus all right. of those picks? Are you... Yeah. Are you crazy? But that's the situation they are in. And can I tell you something? And, you know, I, I check me if I'm crazy. With a team like Brooklyn, who already has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I don't want Harden. I want Dinwiddie and Levert and Harris and Allen to round that out as opposed to another ball-dominant 30 points. I understand the the term big three is out there and has been out there for a while, but when you've got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and who they are, I fundamentally believe like these kind of guys, the Leverts, the Dinwiddies, the, the, the Joe Harrises of the world – are like dream complementary pieces to those two as opposed to bringing in another alpha dog in James Harden. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. There's something about that trio that rubs me the wrong way as well. Mm. And I I don't know. Like the thing is, those would be two of the... I don't know where Kyrie lands, but Harden and KD are two of the top seven dudes in the NBA, and Kyrie is certainly in the top 20, so I don't create a Jared Goff argument that somehow walked into the other day, right? So that's like, you want that level of talent, and it's hard to turn down that level of talent, and when your two superstars want those guys in the fold, 100%. But there, I just, there is something about it that, at the end of the day, there is one basketball, right? And that was something that people said when Katie went yeah. to Golden State. Here's the difference, right? Draymond's best value was on the defensive end anyway. Clay's best value was the defensive end and floor spacing. And Steph can instantly turn into the most deadly off-ball player in basketball. Yeah. Harden needs the ball. Kyrie prefers the ball. The guy most likely to defer is the guy that can never be deferred. Yeah, right. Is the guy that's potentially the best player the on planet Earth. He might yes. be the best player Second. on planet Earth. Second. Second. <laughs> yeah, but yes, 100%. 100%. He shouldn't be the one deferring. But, Dane, that's why a while back I said to you what Brooklyn should see if they could get away with is sending out Kyrie and bringing in Harden. Wow. Wow. It, it's nice. Conspiracy theories and flat earth be damned. We'll see what happens, but this is going to happen in the next two weeks, one way or the other, and we'll keep on watching it. We put a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Morning Line when we come back. Dane and Kevin fundamentally putting the fun in functional sports content. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. As I say, we put a nice, neat little bow on this episode. Kevin and I talking about the NBA. I believe, Kev, the preseason starts on Friday of this week. I believe the regular season starts two weeks from yesterday. So we are inside of two weeks here. And one other thing that's being, you know, because the schedule is going to be different this year. Right. It's going to be a little condensed. We got the late start. We know the Olympics are over there at the back end. And so the Commissioner Silver came out with some rules and regulations about load management, Kev, and saying that teams and players will actually be fined and prohibited if you are doing the load management in any quote unquote high profile nationally televised game. It could go up to 100K. What do you think about this, Kev? I mean, I guess they have to put in the rule or else teams would massage it, right, and and find ways. And there's always like injury distinctions that can get around this. And then I find it ironic. You saw uh, Vogel yesterday saying, yeah, you know that preseason that's starting in a couple of days? Don't expect mm-hmm. to see LeBron. Don't expect to see AD. So talk yeah. to me about how loads will be managed into this season, Kev. Yeah, you know what's funny is that initial, right, shoe drops where they're like, we're going to find people $100,000 for arresting yeah. uh, on national television games, right? And everybody, uh, you know, proceeds to lose their mind. Oh my God, how could you do this? It's a shortened season. Why would you ever do this? Or you do not understand the circumstances. And for me, I don't know. I feel like maybe I just have a decent grasp of what the NBA does. But I was like, yeah, they're going to fix this. I, I, I know that they're going to fix this. Because they're going to see the blowback. They're going to realize it. And they're going to lessen what they're saying here. Literally within 24 hours, they did just that. Where they had sent out a memo to teams that said, and the quote was... <laughs> Uh, veterans who played a substantial role on a team that advanced deep into the 2020 playoffs basically would be totally free of charge, right. i.e. LeBron, LeBron can do whatever he wants, Jimmy <laughs> right. Butler, AD. Sure. But sure. They're, they're going to be way more lax about that rule. I think the bigger thing, though, is you mentioned LeBron, AD, not going to be playing in the preseason, Dane. This beginning of the year, we really are going to be up against it, trying to figure out how many minutes our stars will be giving us. Yeah, and it's also interesting because you don't even know if games are going to be played, even up to like hours beforehand with the virus still out there. It's going to be very interesting. We'll talk about it more tomorrow, the morning after. It's up next.